Welcome to the next episode of Podcast Payoffs. My name is Gord Vickman, here as always with my partner in crime, Dan Sullivan. And Dan, we're going to be chatting about a fairly new concept here at Strategic Coach called Simplifier Multiplier. And if you stick with us on the episode today, it's going to give you clarity, not only in your podcast life, but also in your business life and how to find the best collaboration. So Dan, welcome. Talk about crimes, (laughs) Gord. One of the things that I notice that makes for a really bad show, whether it's a live show, a recorded show, an online show like the one that we're doing right now, is where you have partners who aren't partners. Mm -hmm. In other words, that they actually compete with each other for the right to be talking, and they don't help each other out. Can you give any insight, because you watch this from actually being a performer on live radio and also watching other shows put together? And then connect that to simplifier multiplier. That that might have been the problem that both of them were either a simplifier or both of them were a multiplier. Sure. So everybody has a role. When you think about sitcoms, think back to the '80s. Okay, you have in the '90s you have Seinfeld. Okay, if you were a fan of that show or Cheers or any of these programs, you remember that there's an expectation for the characters on each episode. You know that on Seinfeld, Jerry is always going to act like Jerry. Kramer is always going to act like Kramer. Mm -hmm. You know, Elaine and George, they're always going to be the same. And there's an expectation. And you know, essentially, what you're getting when you watch that show. And that's how broadcasting works. So if you're just starting your podcast life and you find that your shows are a little bit jumbled and they're not really going as smoothly as you expect, it might be because you haven't chosen the roles. And this is critical. And it's something that people who don't necessarily have a radio background, they don't really know what it looks like. I use a football analogy because that's what they use in terrestrial radio. So you have one person on a morning show, and they call him the quarterback. So the quarterback is the person, the man or the woman, who has the proverbial ball. And then you have the color. So the color would be like the running back or the receiver. So the quarterback has the subject. When you start the break, and that's what it's called when radio announcers go on between the songs or the commercials, it's called a break, which is weird because they're not actually breaking. They're actually going to work. So it's called a radio break. So the quarterback knows what generally you're going to be speaking about through this radio break. So he or she will introduce the topic and then pass it over to the color. And the color or the receiver will run the ball down the field, so to speak, and then score the touchdown or depending on how the break goes. But the ball always goes back to the quarterback. So if you have a two-person podcast or a two-person show establishing those roles before you begin and you can trade off once you get good at it you can you know take turns Mm -hmm. doing it but one of the reasons why so many shows sound so jumbled and confusing is because the two people on the show have not established who is going to be the quarterback and who is going to be the color who is going to be introducing the topics and passing to the other person when this concept of simplifier multiplier when i started reading about it and learning about it it just popped into my head right away and i thought it applies so well to the radio world and the podcasting world because someone needs to be simplifying the concept and then someone needs to be carrying them, you know, to add a little bit of color and to add Mm -hmm. more dimension into it. But then the ball always goes back to the person and you Mm -hmm. reset. And when you listen to shows that sound really great and sound really structured and organized, you'll find when you dig very deep, you always have one simplifier and one Mm -hmm. multiplier. So the simplifier would be the quarterback and then the multiplier would be the person who takes the ball and runs down the field. And on our show here, Podcast Payoffs, Dan, we kind of take turns with who is going to be leading the break, so to speak, and who's going to be 
you know, establishing story. So in this one, you passed it over to me. So now we can take turns, we can trade. So I'll take the ball back and pass it over to you because I'm sure people will be curious now about the concept of simplifier multiplier. Mm -hmm. So if you could just lay it out, where it came from and the evolution and how it's worked itself into the workshops here at Coach. Yeah, I think it really goes back. I have a passion for teamwork and that's probably a lifetime passion for teamwork. I was always on teams growing up. This could have been theater, it could have been sports, it could have been work teams and everything else, but I always enjoyed people working together very smoothly and helpfully. So I've got a natural tendency for that. And the other thing, my passion for entrepreneurs. So what I notice about entrepreneurs is that they can be very, very confused because of the circumstances of just getting out in the marketplace and actually making a living. They can get very, very confused of what their proper role is because necessity may force them for a period of time to actually occupy a whole bunch of different roles. And what I noticed was there were two main roles that seemed to fall out with entrepreneurs, that they're better at one than they are the other, and they're more emotionally engaged with one than the other. And the first one I call simplifier. Simplifier simply means that your first instinct towards any situation that you encounter is to immediately label it as too complicated and it has to be made simple. And that's the story of my life, Gord. I don't care what it is. I walk in and I'll just have everybody talking or they'll describe what's going on. And I said, oh, way, way, way too complicated. We got to get this a lot simpler. Doesn't matter what, that's my approach to everything. Not even in your business life, but in the personal life too. Restaurant menus? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it takes me about 15 seconds upon (laughs) opening any menu in any restaurant to know exactly what I'm going to have. People say, you haven't looked at the whole menu. I say, I didn't have to. I found something I can pick right away, and I know it's going to be good. The other person, the other role among entrepreneurs is what we call a multiplier, And multipliers are not trying to make things simple. They're looking for simplifiers that they can run with and tell everybody about. And a good example would be like a famous franchise chain like McDonald's, where two brothers had created a hamburger concept and really worked at it, but not more than one or two restaurants, Mm -hmm. and kept talking about how this would take over the world, but never actually took any of the action that would actually make it take over the world. And then they hired somebody, Ray Kroc, and Ray Kroc came along, and he was a multiplier, so he didn't want to improve their model at all. He simply wanted to take the model that they had already simplified and get it out to the world. And it became one of the greatest franchise success stories in human history. And same thing with Starbucks, another very famous world-dominating Chain, Howard Schultz, worked for a company called Starbucks, and they sold wholesale coffee to just the very, very early growing industry of espresso restaurants, mostly Italian restaurants. So what he did is that he really explored what Europeans were doing with this and other countries where they had espresso restaurants. And he said, well, he says, not only are people not drinking espresso at home, they're not drinking it in public. So he started saying, we're going to actually take this way beyond beans. 
just getting the beans. We're actually going to create the delivery system, the distribution system with Starbucks, cafe, restaurants. So he bought out the wholesalers and established he liked the brand. They had a brand. They had the Mm -hmm. Mermaid brand that the logo was already there. So then the rest is history. And I can remember the first restaurants after they started in Seattle. It was in Vancouver. Vancouver was the second geographic spot were Starbucks. Mm -hmm. And they had two cafes, one on opposite corners. And all the artsy-fartsy weird people (laughs) went to one, and all the motorcyclists went to the other one, and they were opposite. And you, you either went to one or you went to the other, but you didn't switch back and forth. But anyway, so those are examples. You know, Ray Kroc and Howard Schultz are multipliers of other people's simplifiers. When you look at the entrepreneurial teams of all the people that we have, all the clients that we have here at Coach, can you establish immediately, can you just look and it just comes to you right away, who's the simplifier, who's the multiplier? Can you pick them out? Yeah, usually I can, you know, and it happens in conversation where the person will immediately give it away. I mean, if you say something, you say, go over that again. I'm not quite getting it clear. No multiplier ever needs you to go over it again. They already got the idea, correct or incorrect. They already got the idea (laughs) that they can go out and tell other people with. A multiplier will say, oh, wow, I know somebody who could use that. Oh, that's really, really great. Oh, you know what you should do with that? No simplifier ever says, you know what you should do with that. And it needs refinement. It needs to be simpler, you know, and everything like that. The thing is that if you put two multipliers together, it's chaos. If you put two simplifiers together, you never hear from them because they're in a room alone somewhere, (laughs) mutually driving each other crazy with it's not simple enough yet. So my feeling is that it really shows you that the world is putting different roles together to create something that's bigger than both of them and certainly something bigger than either of them could have created on their own. I think it's a huge concept because I had never considered it and I never really thought about it, but you can actually look at business successes and huge corporations and entrepreneurial successes. There's always the multiplier and there's always the simplifier. Mm -hmm. How does that work if someone's working by themselves? Let's say one multiplier by himself. Is that going to be not as effective, obviously, as having that simplifier. And what of a simplifier? Because you said if you had never met Babs, good segue into your ultimate multiplier, your ultimate Mm -hmm. teamwork. If you had never met Babs, you would be working on version 50 of the strategy circle in an Mm -hmm. apartment and worried about the rent. Worried about the rent and bemoaning the fact that wine bottles don't go as far (laughs) as they used to go. I think that, first of all, they are different. And one thing is that Multipliers like other multipliers, Mm -hmm. but simplifiers don't necessarily like other simplifiers. Okay, so if I'm the simplifier in the room, I don't need a second one. I almost feel like they're encroaching on my territory. What I'm looking for is multipliers who can take the simple thing that I've created and take it out to the world. And you're one of my multipliers. Just coming up with a concept has actually changed me strategically about how I'm planning my future because I do have situations that I find kind of frustrating and it's where there's another simplifier and I'm expecting the simplifier to multiply things and simplifiers don't multiply things. They take what you do and they make it even simpler. Okay, but it may not be necessary. That's not what I'm looking for. I'm actually looking. So I think that our teamwork We're in our second year of teamwork now. It just clicked like that right from the beginning 
because you didn't have any desire or any motivation to actually take what I was doing and make it simpler. What you wanted to do was expand enormously the reach of the podcasts that we had already created and then mm-hmm. bring order to them so that they could happen faster, that they could be packaged faster. You simplified to the degree to make them more widespread. Yeah, because I enjoy being in motion, which is one of the characteristics of the multiplier is the multiplier wants to be in motion. And you do a pretty good job of simplifying. I don't think it would be possible for me to simplify it any further than what you've already Mm -hmm. done. You're probably the best in the world at doing that. So when you met Babs and Strategic Coach had started, so Babs is your multiplier and you're the simplifier, you had no name for it yet. It wasn't a concept yet, but you must have known instinctually that there was something going on, that this is someone that I could work with. So you've named something that people may have not been able to name before and they were struggling to know, you know, I really work well with this person and this person I just don't work well with. So now people Mm -hmm. sort of have a general idea of why that might be. Well, I think it depersonalizes it, first of all, is that you're asking someone to do something for you or to provide some sort of value in the future, and it's not in the works. You know, in crude terms, you've ordered the services of an electrician when you have a plumbing problem. I don't care. I mean, it might be a friendly person and (laughs) might be enjoyable and everything else, but it's not going to give you what you want. I would like to make it that plain, that you're asking someone to be something that they're not. And my sense is that anytime you can give people language that immediately makes sense of things that are confusing or where there's conflict or where there's collisions, I think that that's very useful. Every once in a while, you hit on one in our business because you know we're about creating new concepts for entrepreneurs to make them more successful. Oftentimes, it's a chance thing. You know, somebody's just saying something. I forget the exact conversation, but it was in our Free Zone Frontier program. And I said, oh, that's really, really interesting. I just want to create a little exercise on the spot. And we're going to talk about you simplifying things and you multiplying things. And we'll just take a minute for you to write down some successes you've had in simplifying things and some things you've had successes in multiplying things. Simplifying, taking complexity and making it simple. Multiplying, taking something that's simple and multiplying it out in the world. Basic Mm -hmm. thing. Set it up in about five minutes. Overall exercise, they probably were finished with it in about 10 minutes. And then they talked about it for about 15 minutes, and then the room went crazy. I mean, the room just went crazy. And they said, oh, this is great. Oh, this is amazing. Oh, now I know where I'm having my trouble. Oh, that explains the success and everything like that. So, you know, when that happens, your skill there is not to waste what just happened to actually capture it. And so I knew right off the bat, and so did the team at the back of the room and they said, oh, this is a big one. So I've captured it in six months, it's grown and grown and grown and now it'll be a book. This is your early warning that this (laughs) book will be available as of March 1st. Cool, so in the podcast space, you have 10 shows and most of them are done with multipliers, but you do have two shows in particular that I can think are done with simplifiers. So the Free Zone Frontier show with Steve Krein and Exponential Wisdom with Peter Diamandis. Can you talk about what the difference is in the way you approach the show when you're doing a show with Peter, for example, who is a simplifier, Mm -hmm. and someone like Mike Koenigs for the Capability Amplifier show? Mike's a pure multiplier. Mm -hmm. How do you mentally approach that 
to get the best performance out of yourself and out of your partners? Because there's obviously a difference between doing a show with a simplifier and doing one with a multiplier. My approach to it to make the podcast work is to me as a simplifier to ask the other simplifier to go to another level of simplification. In other words, I'll say, if you were explaining this to someone in a way that got it over real quick, how would you do it right now? And immediately they go into action. So my natural tendency is to be the sort of straight man or the anchor Mm -hmm. or the quarterback, is that I'll take over the quarterback position and I'll just allow this individual. They're both incredibly articulate. Both Steve and Peter Diamandis are just incredibly articulate. So if I can just get them to explain to the audience something that the audience would find confusing or, you know, not understandable otherwise, then it's a good show. Mm -hmm. But if I try to one-up the other person, then we're in real trouble. In other words, if they say it and I correct them, like, it's not simple enough for me. They're a simplifier and it's not simple enough and then I correct them, that's disaster. Yeah, It just kills the show. Makes me look bad and makes the other person sound uncomfortable. So you've just totally ruined a great (laughs) communication opportunity. So that's the way I do it and I had to learn that. I had to learn that. And sometimes I as a simplifier will say something and it won't be responded to. Okay, mm-hmm. but a multiplier would immediately say, oh, that's great, that's great. I know where that could work. And I think that multipliers, for the most part, are seen as representing entrepreneurism much more than simplifying is. Okay, but I will tell you this, that I've never seen a great entrepreneurial venture that lasted a long time that at the core had two people who considered themselves equal but Mm -hmm. each did 100% one role and the other one did 100% the other role. I've been thinking about this concept a lot because I think about the way that it works, again, not only with entrepreneurism, but in the broadcast world as well, when you have shows, just to recap, every show that makes any sense at all, you have one person who's the quarterback and then one person who's the color, one person who's the simplifier and the multiplier. It works also for music too with bands, when you have five band members in the same band who all want to be the same role, mm-hmm. the band tends to break up pretty yeah. quickly. Politics. Politics, exactly. You have Sports. Sports. Yeah, yeah. Economics, I think economics. I think it's a universal phenomenon. I just happen to focus on entrepreneurism. Mm-hmm. But you could go into any area of human activity and where the greatest success is being demonstrated. Mm-hmm. And you dig down under the surface, you'll see there's a probably two individuals who consider themselves equals, but each concentrates on a totally different part of the teamwork. And your greatest multiplier would be Babs. I tell you, I had created this really great way of simplifying strategic planning for entrepreneurs called the Strategy Circle. And I did that within about 30 days of actually meeting her for the first time. This was in 1982 here in Toronto. And within about three months, just in passing, she said, you know, I have a healthcare business and I wonder if I can go through your strategy circle. And I did. And we went through it two or three hours. She was fascinated and all sorts of really, really interesting new ideas came out about what she could do with her business. And she jumped on it immediately. And she got to the end and she said, oh, this is going to be really big. And I says, oh, you really think this will grow your business? She said, no, no, not my business. I think this (laughs) strategy circle that you've created is really big. And then 
within about a year, she said, I would rather not do my healthcare business because I don't think it can grow, but I'd rather throw my skills, my talents, and my time behind actually expanding your use of the strategy circle out in the marketplace. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and wouldn't have happened. I mean, I'd be playing marbles with myself otherwise. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we're grateful that that happened because I think uh, Mm -hmm. that would have been a waste of a lot of talent. Dan, we're almost at the end of this episode here, but people might be interested to know, okay, how do I know if I'm a simplifier or a multiplier? In the next episode, you have a simplifier multiplier worksheet here. We're not going to go through all 10 questions, but we're going to tease a few of them that will start to give you some perspective on whether you're a simplifier or whether you're a multiplier, and then how to go about finding those collaborations if you're doing a podcast or if you're starting a business and just about any other aspect of your life, even with family or or anything. Because I think this is a concept that it's bigger than entrepreneurism. I think it applies to virtually every human partnership, no matter what you're doing, that I can think of. I can't seem to think of one example where it wouldn't apply. So in the next episode, we're going to continue this discussion about simplifier multiplier, give you some clarity as well for virtually any kind of partnership you're getting into. And I think it's going to be a game-changing experience for you because it's a concept that will really help you gain clarity and improve things and not waste any more time with people that might not be the right fit for what you need. Thanks, Dan. Thank you, Gordon.